You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, last week was a fascinating episode with James Fox, one of the three people behind the Chasing UFOs TV show. I have to tell you, though, that the show hasn't gotten the greatest response. I've read a couple of critical comments from mainstream newspapers, some saying it's just too wacky for them, others suggesting that, yeah, it is a decent show. Now, I did check, because I get curious about such things, I checked the TV ratings. There's a site called zaptoit.com, okay, where you can check TV ratings for people who are crazy enough to actually wonder about stuff like that. So did it get zapped or what? Well, they had the top 100 shows here, okay? And number one was Family Guy. These are, of course, repeats, a lot of repeats on cable TV. Down at the bottom of the list, we had Flying Wild Alaska, House Hunters International, a repeat of Fox News Channel's O'Reilly Factor. But I can't see anything for... I'll do a search, okay? You hear me typing? That's real typing on a real keyboard. I keep a noisy keyboard because... I learned from in the movies, when people type on computer keyboards, they have to be noisy. Looney Tunes is right in the middle of it, by the way. FX Movie Prime, Tom and Jerry Tales is the top 100 list, Friday, the 29th of June. A.N.T. Farm, House of Pain, America Pickers, Storage Wars. What is that? Guys that go around and buy up storage unit contents that have uh, gone into default. Well, now you know. You must be a fan of the show. Has less than a million no. viewers. Okay. Chelsea Lately. Well, if Chelsea's on time, you know, it's ridiculous. I didn't see Chasing UFOs. It wasn't in the top 100. I have a hard time believing that. Well, I have it right here. I have the ratings. You know, let's National Geographic channels never included on those ratings. I don't know. But, you know, we're down to a point here where shows are getting less than a million viewers. And this had major publicity, by the way. I mean, I was hearing on radio, TV, publicity, lots of web banners. I didn't buy advertising with the Paracast. I'd like to see the show succeed because when you get past the crazy reality TV flourishes, you get past the night vision junk, they're trying to show some respect for the facts. And that's pretty difficult because we know certain other reality shows that cover the paranormal. As you know, Chris, because you were on one of them, where they decide that you're in the wrong location, so they make you somewhere else. So if you go to the Mysterious Valley, they said, no, it cannot be the Mysterious Valley. It has to be Sedona, Arizona. Well, I was a little bit more underhanded than that. But <laughs> maybe, maybe UFO hunters, uh, you know, I don't know, pooped in the pool and kind of ruined it for everybody. I've, maybe everybody's gun-shy now. I don't know. I would think that with the, the amount of, you know, pre-debut publicity that they gave it that it would at least be up in the top you know 50 or 60 shows for the time period that's that's pretty grim and it has been repeated it was repeated the next day though i haven't seen saturday's ratings now the other thing to point out is the poll that they took they commissioned a real poll from a real market research agency national geographic channel and it showed that a third of the people in america believe in UFO reality, down from 50% in the last decade or two. But the point being, this got coverage in USA Today. This got coverage all around the country, maybe in other parts of the world. So you'd think, 
people would be curious, hey, Friday night, of course, is not the best time for TV ratings. If we even check the mainstream TV networks, you'll find that ratings tend to be down on Friday. You know, people go out. It may also be that there's a lot of time shifting involved here, that people turn on their DVRs, they record the shows, they watch them later. Now, half the people in the United States, I have a lot of statistics here, you know, I have a million statistics, most of which mean nothing. But half the people in this country have a DVR of some sort. So they are able to watch TV shows later on. So we'll have to see. I hope it gets ratings for the uh, sake yeah, you know, of the, ufology. I don't think it's as bad as people on you know the forum here at the forum.theparacast.com are making out. Sure, there's a lot of hokiness in it. They have those cameras that stick off their faces on poles. They walk around at night looking for physical trace evidence and, and after a rainstorm in the pitch black. You know, sure, there, there are some decisions that are being made, I think, with the entertainment value um, foremost in mind. But, but I think with good case selection, uh, I, I saw some kind of fun repartee between the three principles with some good research, some good case selections, you know. I think the show has a chance, but not if it can't get in the top 100 on its debut episode after all the publicity that it's gotten. That does not bode well. See, part of the problem here is that when you do a reality show, there are certain constraints to the medium. And when you go out to do something, you have to have a result. Even if you don't see something, you have to have something in the can. It has to look like something's going on. Now, with this show, they're compressing events, obviously. With some of the reality shows, I'll give you another example, The House Hunters Show. You have a show of people who go out with a real estate agent to find a new house. And it's always three homes. Which of the three homes does this couple want to buy? And they show homes all over the world, not just in America, but in Europe, in South America, etc. It's an interesting show, but you know... If you've ever gone to look for a new house, and the same applies to an apartment, you don't just have three. And usually what they do is they reenact the walkthroughs through these homes for TV. It's a reenactment. Yes, the couple did buy a house. Yes, it's probably the house that you see on TV. Yes, this is the real estate agent. Yes, these are homes they saw. But... It's only a compressed version of reality. Reality does not take 45 minutes of a one-hour TV show plus the commercials. And to do that in the UFO field, you know, it's darn difficult. Possible, but oh well. What do I know? Well, I hope hope it works. I do, too. It's like Sci-Fi Investigates, that uh, crazy show I think Richard Dolan was on that didn't do too well. I think these shows, they're just doomed. I don't know what it is, but I guess we'll find out. You well, know, ghost hunters are still around. Yeah, yeah you know, the true. ghost shows work very well. The ones that are about UFOs, well, you know, there's a poll over at forum.theparacast.com right now about the best UFO show, and they start with In Search of from the 1970s, Project UFO, UFO Files, UFOs over Earth. UFO Hunters. Believe it or not, three people voted for UFO Hunters. I can't believe it. Ancient Aliens, One Step Beyond. That wasn't a UFO show, though. It's back in 1959. And Chasing UFOs, which got no votes. But 
tied for second, TV has never treated the subject with respect. No, it's the red-haired uh, stepchild of broadcasting. Well, that's about reality TV in general. You know? <laughs> I mean, if you got Survivor on TV, you got Storage Wars, how could you possibly take chasing UFOs seriously? You know, Storage Wars. I still can't understand some of these things. And maybe they want to look for Snooky or something. And I hear the name Snooky, and I think of Sookie, the character in the TV show True Blood about vampires and everything. But that's just me. I never watch reality shows. Yeah. Snooky, huh? Snooky. That sounds like it smells bad. We actually have a real show today, by the way. We do. Yes. And we have a return visit from a guest who was here two years ago. And he is an encyclopedic knowledge of UFOs, especially in South America. Well, but any any uh, medieval case uh, histories, too. I mean, there's very few people that can touch Antonio. Antonio Huneus is one of the editors of the Open Minds magazine. He has fascinating articles and probably is the best resource they have in that publication. Yeah. Bar none. Antonio. Except for John Rayo's pockets. Uh. Antonio Huneus joins us next. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Fake Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Antonio Huneas. He's one of the editors of the Open Minds magazine. He's been involved in the UFO field for a number of years, has an amazing knowledge about a lot of things, and has written some fascinating articles for Open Minds, one of which is about the Mayans 2012 and UFOs. In fact, I think we should start with that. Antonio, welcome back to the Paracast. Thank you, Dean, and uh, hi, Chris. Hey, Antonio, welcome back, man. Okay, so Chris started this discussion by updating our forums at forum.theparacast.com with an article you wrote about the Mayans 2012 and UFOs. So I am very curious, what is the possible connection with all three? Okay. You know, what I try to do, the article really doesn't have any final conclusions or anything, but what I try to do with that article, it was a cover story. It was on the, not on the current issue, but on the issue before of the Open Minds magazine, and people can, you know, get them through our, through our website at openminds.tv. But anyway, what I try to do is to explain what is this phenomenon of 2012, put it a little bit in context. So I trace a little bit the history of it, for which you have to go to the late 80s to a man called Jose Arguelles, who was a sort of a New Age philosopher and uh, very influential in, in some circles. He had also he was a well-educated man. I think he had a degree from... Uh, 
history of art or something like that from the University of Chicago. I mean, he was, uh, you know, an important, an important guy, although certainly controversial. And he came up with a concept in the late 80s known as the harmonic convergence. You remember that, Gene? You probably do. Well, um, I'm as old as the hills, and yes, I do remember the harmonic convergence. Unfortunately, I've never converged. <laughs> well, the harmonic convergence, I would say, was sort of the beginning of the 2012 phenomenon, because prior to that, the Maya calendar was just a subject for um, archaeologists. I mean, only experts, scholars on, the, on, on Maya archaeology, on Maya studies, really cared about the, the calendar. I mean, it's very odd for a culture. Every culture has its own calendar, right? We use the Gregorian calendar, which was actually based on the Julian calendar, which comes from Roman times, but the chronology, of course, was changed, you know, to, to the beginning of the Christian era, but then it had to be adjusted, and uh, that took place in the, in the 1500s by a pope called Gregory, and that's why it's known as the Gregorian calendar. And that's the one we use. Of course, the Muslims have Islamic calendar, the Hebrews have a Hebrew calendar, and Chinese, and so on. But usually every culture only deals with its own calendar. They don't care about what other cultures' calendar may be. I'm talking in popular terms. It's, it's only a subject for specialists. And that was the case with the Maya calendar in the 19th century. Originally, the Maya mathematic number system was decoded before the writing. As you probably know, the Maya writing wasn't even decoded until the 1980s. So prior to that, there was a lot of speculation as to what the Mayans tell us and, and well, the few writings that survived the Spanish conquest, uh, what did they say because nobody could read them. But the numbers were deciphered already in the 19th century. And it was thanks to that people were able to establish that the year zero of the Maya calendar was 2113 BC. This is the year zero. Nobody knows why. That is the year zero, but somehow if you convert it into our figures, you know it comes to that. So the 2012 is not the end of the world. That, that is a misnomer, but it is the end of a cycle of a, of a, a great baktun. Now, what does it mean? That is also open to interpretation because, as I explained in the article, there are no Maya prophecies. Well, actually, there are some Maya prophecies, but they are contained in the books of Chilambalam and the Popol Vuh. You know, there are some, some documents that do mention some prophecies, uh, but they're connected to creation myths and things like that. But there's only one inscription, actually, that does uh, deal with the 2012 specifically, and that's known as the Tortuguero inscription. And there is kind of a mysterious little prophecy there, but the text is very short. So I give all that background. But now with regards to UFOs, it is interesting that Arguelles himself was a UFO, one could almost say a UFO contactee. And I quote in the article from a very extensive biography of Arguelles that was published, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago. I forgot the name of, uh, of the book, but it's in, it's in the article. Some kind of message that he received or some kind of vision that he had when he was as a, as a young boy. He was a Mexican-American, but, but he had grew up in, in, I believe he was born in the United States, but he was of Mexican uh, heritage. So he was visiting the great ruins of Teotihuacan near Mexico City, which, uh, of course, they're not Mayan, but they're pre-Columbian. You know, the massive, you know, the Pyramid of the Sun and the Moon. Uh, I've been there. They're very, they're very impressive. And he had this kind of vision of something, that he, he was meant to do something uh, with regard to these cultures, which he did. He also came to the conclusion 
and this was uh, even though his background was not in the in the UFO in ufology, he came from a completely different road. But he also came to the conclusion that the great King Pakal, you know, the King of Palenque, which uh, the famous Stella of the uh, the Palenque astronaut, I guess is how they call it, it was an extraterrestrial. And he wrote this in a book that was called The Mayan Factor, which was published in 1988, which was a pretty important book. No, it wasn't a bestseller in, in massive numbers, but it was a very influential book in the New Age, in the New Age culture. And that's when this idea of the Maya calendar, you know, became part of uh, New Age culture in America. And eventually it percolated into other countries. What I established there in the article is that uh, even though a lot of the stuff you read now about the Maya calendar, they don't even mention much UFOs or some of them don't. They mostly deal with uh, doomsday and things like that. But if you look at the history of this phenomenon, there is a link to UFOs if you go back to the original figure of Jose Arguelles. So that's, that's one argument I make in the article. And then the other thing I do discuss also briefly is some UFO sightings that have taken place at Mayan sites. And I tell the story there because it was, that was a personal story, even though I didn't have the sighting myself. But when I visit the great ruins of Tikal in Guatemala, you know, one of the major Mayan ruins. In fact, if you remember, Tikal was used at the very end of the Star Wars movie where the rebel base was located, where you see these pyramids emerging off the jungle. Though that's the city of Tikal, which was one of the major Mayan cities of the ancient world. And so I, had, uh, I was visiting Guatemala because my sister at the time was, was stationed there with the United Nations. This was in the late 90s. And I had met uh, this um, uh, Guatemalan ufologist uh, who was a very prominent um, guy in Guatemala, outside of Guatemala. Nobody knows him, but uh, he had written books, had a radio show, was sort of the best-known um, uh, Guatemalan ufologist. And so I went with him. To, he, he offered to take me to the ruins of Tikal. We had to take like a 6 a.m. flight, you know, from Guatemala City. You can do it by the day if you take like that really early flight, and then you drive for about two hours, and, uh, and then you make it. And, um, and so it's a very large installation, so we only got to see some of it, but we certainly saw the main uh, parts of it. And then we're taking a lunch break, and there's these two guys, and uh, they recognized this fellow because he had appeared on many TV shows uh, in Guatemala and so on. So we'll cover that in a moment. We've got Antonio Juneas joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes like small up to X large, a lot of good stuff. 
That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. We want to know, how do you use WebEx? The smartest thing my company did was to give us WebEx. I'm in sales, and now I get twice the meetings, close twice the business, and make twice the money. I guess I should say thank you, thank you to the folks in IT. The new free version of WebEx meetings lets you take your office anywhere, your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. Get your free WebEx meetings basic account now at WebEx.com. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. Webex.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call one 800 686 now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, foodstore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. BePrepared.com heats up July with the hottest sale on the web. Going on now. Save 28% on freeze-dried raspberries or save on our three-day light emergency kit, a $50 value. This month, just $30.99. Plus, all one-year supplies are on sale at BePrepared.com. This month, save over $350 on our traditional 2,000-year supply of food. Now, just $12.99.99. And get a hand grain mill free. Or choose our most popular year supply, the Premium 2000. It gives you 2,000 calories per day from a variety of nutritious meals for one whole year. Save over $7. $700 plus get a free Catadine Hiker water filter, a $75 value. More details and more hot July savings at BePrepared.com now through July 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. We have Antonio Huneas joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Before we broke, Antonio was into this interesting visit where, was it two locals recognized your companion? Yeah, that's correct. And if I, if I, can, if I can find even the, the issue, but I'll, I'll get it later, uh, I can give you the name of the guy, but right now I don't remember. But anyway, so they recognized this fellow because he had been on TV shows, and they say, oh, um, licenciado, you know, they, they, they love that word in Latin American countries, means basically someone with a university degree. We were thinking of you the other night, 
because we saw a UFO. Right out of the blue, right? Here we're having lunch. It's in an outdoor cafe there by the entrance to the ruins where they have a number of tourist shops and uh, you can buy postcards and restaurants and so on. And so we immediately say, oh, sure. So what's the story? You know, we got all excited. And we did an interview with them right there. Basically, these guys uh, were interesting because uh, they were some kind of anthropologists, so they had good credentials. And uh, they also were doing... um, I think they had some kind of contract to do postcards also of the ruins. And basically the story is that I think one tourist had, had, had gone lost. And uh, so this had happened like a few days before we were there. We would have been about 1997. So there were search parties in the, because as, as soon as you, you know, Tikal basically, like most uh, Mayan ruins, they're in the jungle, right? And that's why they were protected. That's the great thing about the Mayan cities that were never sacked by the Spanish or anything because this is from the old Maya civilization, which had mysteriously collapsed around the year 900 A.D., which to this day is one of the great archaeological mysteries, what happened to the Mayas. I explored that in the article as well. I said the Mayas had gone through, I mean, assuming that 2012 is some kind of doomsday, they know something about doomsday because they already had gone through two doomsdays. The first one is around the year 900, where mysteriously the old civilization of the Mayas collapsed. But it doesn't collapse by any kind of outside invasion that we know of. And the archaeologists do not know to this day exactly what happened. But somehow the sociopolitical system collapsed. The people didn't, didn't perish. The people were still there. But they abandoned the cities and the whole you know, ruling elite just basically collapsed. Uh, and there are theories that maybe there was um, ecological theories or whatever, but it's, it is not known for sure. So that would be the first uh, doomsday for the Mayas. The second one, of course, is the arrival of the Spaniards, Cortes, you know, and especially uh, Cortes' um, lieutenant, who was uh, Pedro Alvarado, who was a particularly cruel Spanish conquistador, and he was the one that conquered the, the Mayas. That was the second collapse of the Maya civilization. But basically, that, that's the story, you know. So we do have... Uh, I, oh, well, to go back to the... Oh, right, I was telling you the story of the yeah, sighting. Yeah, to the sighting. So um, basically, yeah, these guys, uh, so as they were looking for the tourists, and I guess they eventually did find them, um, they saw this ball of fire, this, this, this luminous ball, basically, flying over the jungle. And this guy was an anthropologist, and he said that, yeah, that was a fairly common phenomenon over there. And um, that was the one time he personally saw it. But he said he also had talked to many Indians and natives and people from the area and that they saw them all the time, and particularly by a big lake there, and they would see them coming in and out of the lake. And, of course, we have many other UFO cases like that, but not with Mayan ruins. And then I also mentioned in the article a photograph that was taken in the 1990s uh, where you see the famous Temple of the Inscriptions, one of the classic pyramids in the, in the city of Palenque. And there is a UFO on top of it. It's a pretty good picture, and it's, it's, in, that, it's in that magazine. Actually, we had already published it even before in that section that we have called the photo gallery. But that was just published as a picture there. But I decided to use it again a little bit and tell, tell a little bit of the story more in detail. So basically, there is a connection, but, um, but there is a lot of, of questions, of course. you know, And I think regardless of whatever interesting aspects the 2012 phenomena has, uh, there is also a lot of nonsense and commercialism and, and so on going on. A few things, Antonio. Number one, uh, when you say Mount Mayan calendar, of course, you're talking about the uh, 
the famous long count calendar. The Maya had so Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I explained in the article, of course. Calendars, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the article, I do know. go a little bit into the, there is a there is a sidebar that explains briefly, right. you know, the different the different calendars. I know the Maya calendar is an extremely complicated uh, subject. First of all, there were at least two major calendars, you know, there's what we would call the civil calendar, which is um, what, very similar to the one we use, and then uh, the sacred calendar, which is only 260 days. And now the important date, in not just in the Mayas, but in all the Mesoamerican civilizations, is was the cycle of 52 years because right. every every 52 years, these two calendars would mesh, would coincide with each other. It was like if you have two wheels, right? One has 100, 365 days and the other hand 260. Well, every every 52 day uh, years, they will they will coincide, and so that was a sort of a renewal of creation, and it was a big deal in the Maya, and not just Maya. That was also celebrated by the Toltecs and the Aztecs, by all the peoples of Mesoamerica. And sure enough, Cortes himself arrived, perhaps by coincidence or perhaps not, the destiny, I don't know, but he did arrive right on cue. He arrived right in one of those 52-year cycles. And, of course, he also used, um, you know, all these prophecies that the ancient Americans had about the return of Quetzalcoatl the great mythical figure of Quetzalcoatl, but he was more than a mythical figure. There was also a historical figure called Quetzalcoatl. Well, Antonio, another quick question here. Um, you know, I've seen uh, references to some sort of new knowledge that's come out that, that claim that the Maya actually left this planet and went, went elsewhere. I've never seen anything definitive in terms of any sort of academic interpretation that would uh, lend any credence to that story. But have you heard that, uh, that the ancient Maya somehow were in contact well, yeah. with? Well, the story that the Mayans left, I think it came recently, fairly recently, with regards to that documentary that is being made by that, that guy, the um, uh, Rufo, and the other guy, the, 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 the son of the actor, the Hollywood actor. Right, Raul um, Julia's son. Yeah, Raul Julia's son. I, I, in a number of sort of uh, part of their PR campaign, and I, I'm not sure where their documentary is going at this point. Yeah, wasn't that supposed you know, to be out by now? They, no, no, no. It was never supposed to be out by now. It was supposed to be out by towards the end of the year. But initially, they were supposed to start filming back in November, and uh, they had the permission, apparently, of the Mexican government and all that. That I explained in the article as well, that the Mexican government has jumped into the act, but for very logical reasons and uh, that make total sense, and you don't need to invoke anything esoteric. Tourism. Tourism, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a big source of income in Mexico. And uh, so they, in, uh, in 2011, the, the president of Mexico, well, they just had elections, but, you know, the one that was at that time, or still the president of Mexico, uh, launched this program called the Maya World 2012. And uh, because they, they were expe expecting, you know, a lot of tourists, so it's not, uh, it includes ex exhibits, uh, working on infrastructure, all kinds of things. And uh, so uh, and that would include, you know, support, like documentaries and things like that. But obviously the Mayas didn't go anywhere. That, that's a misnomer. Again, you see that in a lot of articles and, um, you know, TV shows and things like that when they say the Mayas disappear. 
the Mayas didn't disappear, neither in the year 900 or, or, or after the Spanish. The other, their civilization collapsed, but, uh, but the people are still there, and they're still there to this day. They're no well, longer you know when Mayas we did an because... earlier show, Antonio, with Chris's brother and mm-hmm. some other people involved in the Southwest Tours, they were telling us, of course, what, there are several million Mayans still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are at least four million or something like that. Now, they, they're not longer called Mayas. When I was in Guatemala, they told me that there were 20, something like 24 different ethnic groups. That's how they call them. The main one is called the Mam, and others have various other names. But uh, basically, they're all descendants of the Mayas. It's been so long now, so many centuries, that their languages are slightly different, and they're, considering, they're considered different tribes. Exploring the Mayans, UFOs, and lots more. Antonio Juneas joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Then listen carefully, because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today, and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. 
finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. So you don't want to carry a gun, but you do want to ensure your personal safety. Then empower yourself legally with self-defense products from StunGunMikes.com. Stun guns come in more shapes than just what you see on TV. Now you can get a powerful mini stun gun that fits in the palm of your hand, a stun baton, or a cell phone or lipstick stun gun. StunGunMikes.com also carries real spy gear like bug and metal detectors and discreet car and home security cameras that hide in almost any type of everyday object, from alarm clocks to pens. Now you can see how your babysitter really treats your children. Go to StunGunMikes.com, spelled just like it sounds. StunGunMikes.com Buy real spy gear from StunGunMikes.com just like the exact same spy gear sold to the government, military, corporate security, law enforcement, and private detectives. Empower yourself with self-defense products now from StunGunMikes.com Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast and it's as good as it gets, believe me. Antonio Huneas making his second appearance on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, exploring the mysteries of the Mayans, the descendants who live to this very day. Despite what you hear in the media, the Mayans are still here. Now, Antonio, more about the UFO connection. And part of it is here, all right, there have been UFO sightings over Mayan ruins, but is there any reason to think that there's any significance to that? Well, I, I'd say there's some significance, but perhaps there is another interpretation. And that interpretation would be that the ruins, not just the Mayas, but any kind of ancient ruin, whether it's in Egypt or in China or in Mexico, they're based on certain knowledge that the ancients had that they built their temples and their important monuments in areas that were geomagnetically charged. In other words, maybe they knew something that we don't uh, in our current because they were very much more connected, you know, to Mother Earth. So uh, I think that's a valid interpretation. So they build this mono, and that's why when uh, religions, so when, when places would be conquered, they would, for instance, with the Catholics uh, conquered America or whatever, they would build a church on the same place where the temple was. They respected the location. They changed the name of the god, but they, maybe they felt that that location was important. So if you go for that theory, then these things were built not at random, but in specific points where there was some kind of geomagnetic energy or some kind of earth energy. So therefore, that would include the appearance of, of lights and things like that. And for that, you, you wouldn't need to have specifically that they were there because of the Mayas, but because the Mayas had knew where they built these things, that they were high-energy places, and so therefore they would have UFO sightings. And Antonio, how would they sense this high energy? Would it be something they just um, feel, or what? Uh, maybe by something equivalent to dowsing. Remember that all these cultures also had shamans, and the shamans were in, in touch, you know, and Chris can uh, probably knows this far better than I. The shamans, uh, whether there was some, you know, many of them were, of course, also using, you know, psychedelic uh, drugs and so on, and they were in touch with other entities. 
and these entities don't have to be. I mean, in our culture, any entity we see it as it has to be extraterrestrial, but that's just a theory. But we, we certainly there are some kind of entities, and maybe they've been here for a long time. We don't know. I mean, that's what we're trying to find. But uh, I think that they had some kind of knowledge. And they probably, uh, that I'm pretty convinced, regardless of whether extraterrestrials came in spaceships and things like that, for which the theory is, is not so solid. But I think it is much more solid that there were certain people in the ancient world, and now specifically in this case in the Mayas, that by whatever rituals they had, or maybe with the use of psychedelic drugs or whatever, they would enter into contact with non-earthly entities some kind of intelligences and uh, and uh, and I think that's and and you find that kind of references throughout the folklore of the of the of the ancient world yeah. including uh, doctor, of course doctor, in America. Uh, a person that we both know um Dr. JJ Hertak who right. um, has I think two or three doctorates and speaks I don't know seven plus languages so quite an amazing academic he showed me a number of years ago a very interesting map of uh, of southern Mexico and Central America, and he had the main uh, city sites and sacred sites uh, delineated out on this map. And then they were he had this very interesting grid system of connecting points that that reminded yeah. me of, of I, Bruce Cathay's work and and some sort right. of like I some think sort I, of. I, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think I think that may I may even have that book. Uh, it's an interesting book. I read it many years ago. In fact, I mentioned it in the article on the 2012 in the Mayas. It's it's the name of the book. It's in Spanish, of course, but if you translate it, it's, it would be UFOs and Mexican archaeology. And it was a book uh, written by two uh, by two Mexican uh, authors. Uh, one is was uh, one of the deans of Mexican ufology long before Mausan. His name was Pedro Ferriz, was a very famous ufologist in the 1970s and 80s in Mexico. And the other one is a guy called Christian Ciruguet. And they had some initially some basic definitions about ufology and all that, but later a great part of the book, especially the part written by Ciruguet, was in a study. Of the of these grids, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised that maybe that map that Hertak uh, showed you might have come from that book. Because what this guy did is he put in the map all the different great uh, Mexican um, ruins, pyramids, and then he started like connecting them uh, and 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 building like a geometry. So uh, I you know that's. This, this, it, that you can you can find that um, curious kind of correlation all around the world uh, at sacred sites. Correct. It's the same thing I was saying before about about sacred sites. It doesn't uh, in in this particular article I dealt with the, with the ones in Mexico and Central America, but it applies just as well I think to any 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 ancient structure. I'm pretty convinced that the the ancients knew something. They could sense something uh, by whatever means they did it. And we might be able eventually to, to get there too, but knowing uh, our, our culture, you know, we'll probably have to do it technologically. You know, we'll have to come up with equipment that will prove that there is some kind of, of geothermal energy or geomagnetic energy or something in these sites as opposed to other sites. Another person that you mentioned in the article that um, I think deserves mention here is Terrence McKenna and his work uh, with Time Wave Zero. Um, he came up with a way to to graph uh, novelty and change as it ebbs and flows in culture. And it's actually 
a system that he felt was even predictive. And before Arguez came out with the Mayan factor and and uh, you know put put a a lot of focus on this 2012 uh, 12 you know 12 21 2012 date. Terence McKenna came up with a, a very interesting observation that that time period would be uh, would see the ushering in of of an amazing amount of novelty and change into 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 the world and. Uh, his date, I think, was towards the end of November, and then after the Mayan factor came out, he kind of nudged it up into December, if memory serves me correct. But this, yeah. what do you think of that? What do you think of all these uh, uh, predictions now that are coming out and this, this whole Hollywood take on this? Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, uh, it started with these kind of visionary guys, even though they were controversial, but uh, nevertheless, they were important, uh, one could say philosophers, you know, I mean, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, certainly Arguelles, I would, I, both of them I would consider philosophers, because Arguelles, one of the things that I liked the most of him, especially towards the end of his life, was, uh, and which wasn't his idea, actually that comes from a, from a famous uh, Russian uh, scientist called Vernatsky. Uh, he coined the term, and also the, the great French uh, Jesuit the philosopher Pierre Terrien de Chardin. And these guys came up with this concept known as the noosphere. Okay, we're all familiar with the atmosphere and the biosphere and the geosphere, right? They're the different realms of the Earth. But normally people see them in terms very scientifically, right? I mean, the geosphere and the magnetosphere, you know, just specific physical aspects of our planet. But um, Vernatsky and Teilhard de Chardin, apparently independently of each other, though Vernatsky had given a series of lectures at the Sorbonne University in the 1920s, came up with this term. And, and which, like I said, it's called a noosphere from the Greek word nous for mental or consciousness. In other words, the mental realm. realm. So what they were saying is, uh, in, in addition to all the physical and biological spheres in, in, our, in, in our planet, uh, there is also a mental field. And which is the combination, I guess, of all the consciousness that are alive, and uh, and probably those that were that were alive too, you know. And you find actually a similar concept in the ancient, uh, especially in the Sanskrit uh, tradition, uh, known as the Akashic records. So maybe there's there's a con- and so for me that that's one of the more interesting aspects of 2012. I I don't I don't particularly go for the whole doomsday thing and all that. Although we're we're certainly in trouble as a planet, but I don't think you need the my account for that. Right. So, <laughs> well, so if you live in the northeastern United States, you're feeling a lot of trouble right now. Yeah. Sure, but I think there is uh, there is um, also the possibility, you know, the option that. Uh, Maybe something good will come out of this, and we'll we'll get people to jump into another level of consciousness. I think that's the most interesting aspects of the 2012, which was initially, you know, outlined by people like Arguelles and McKenna. Nowadays, I think there's a lot of people that have jumped into the bandwagon with 2012. Uh, probably some of them are sincere, and some less, you know, and they're just trying to make a buck. So basically, right now, for 2012, it's the in thing to get part of the bandwagon. But if nothing happens through the year other than what we normally expect, nothing really strange or untoward, then we could look for another year and another possibility. We have no. Antonio Hineas, right. and we'll have a lot more coming with Gene and Chris because you're in the Paracast.
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, we have Antonio Huneas, who studies the past, the present, and maybe the future in UFOs and related mysteries. So that's an interesting thing that just dropped into my head from nowhere. Antonio, do you think if nothing happens in 2012 beyond whatever stuff is happening, we'll start looking for 2015 or 2020 to bring some mystery? Yeah, is there another I mystical do remember, year? Do you remember how all the, all the theories about 2000? And, uh, sure. Well, I'll tell you uh, what, what though. The, yeah, yeah. If you were selling upgrades to people's computers to be compatible with 2000, you made a lot of money. So the question is here, when is the next deadline if 2012 doesn't make it? Well, at there, this point, there, it's unclear. There are some, uh, there are some books on the Maya thing that are already clever enough that they're pushing the date to 2013, which means that they can they can keep their book on the shelves, you know, for another year. Uh, because, like you say, if nothing happens, and there's something like 60 books by now, if not more, not you know, if nothing momentous happens, yeah, those books are going to be downgraded to a buck a piece, you know. So, but if you have it in 2013 in the in the title and the earth couple that did that you bought another year insurance there but the thing is i can't think of any other sort of uh, religious or cult- cultural date but there i'm are. sure they're going to come up with something yeah the end of yeah, the egyptian calendar i think is 2018 and the end of the kali yuga i think is around 2020 isn't it 
Okay. Well, yeah, they call it Yuga. That would be a big one. Yeah. And what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. Twenty twelve. It, it's it's going to be what you know. Y two zero one two K. Everybody's the media is going to go crazy in November, December. There's going to be a countdown. You know, of course, a few little things will happen. People will get all nervous, and then you know, December twenty second will dawn, and everybody will bring breathe a big sigh of relief. And then all hell's yeah. going to break loose in 2013. Exactly. Then maybe eight months later or something. I mean, even <laughs> even there was all the expectation about 2000, right? The millennium, right? Nothing happened really on the millennium. But yet then a year later, we have the, you know, 9-11. And that changed things forever. Yep. Self-created, the self-fulfilled prophecy. We're, we're programming our, our futures based on our, our front-loading by the media that's all fear-based. and. Uh. So we're going to take down the planet by our collective unconscious. Could be. But the, the, the trick would be to jump from the unconscious to the conscious. <laughs> because the unconscious, we're there already. But, uh, well, that's what these guys were, were talking about, Arguelles and, and, and company. You know, they were, they were saying, it, and from the days of the harmonic convergence, really, I mean, that was the beginning. Even though I couldn't even find a specific reference to 2012, even on, on the Mayan uh, factor. But certainly, he, it was all about the calendar. And it was to insert, like, your own consciousness into it, right, to kind of live. Because remember, Arguelles even, even adapted the calendar for, for current use in which and he had some kind of like my astrology or something and uh, I mean and you well he you was really kids and everything yeah he was really caught caught up in the uh, the whole moon cycle the 13 month to, right. to go back to a more natural calendar that that the Gregorian calendar kind of forces everybody to live in a it's not a an idyllic cycle for us and that he was really a proponent of the 13 month i think 28 right. day moon moon cycle and also he had a problem you remember with the quartz watches too he didn't like those he said that i i, I forgot what was his explanation but he liked like the old fashioned clocks he said there was something about the modern clocks that would screw things up too but i'm 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 kind of coming off my head you know i mean i read it a long time ago so i i, I maybe i'm not quoting him correctly but there was something to that effect too yeah, but yeah, I think he had a point there. You know that that uh, regard. I mean, I'm going to go as far as, of course, whatever. But that we do live in a, in a kind of an unnatural society. Yeah, if you com- if we compare it to what traditional cultures, right? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really uh, accurately reflect the secular nature of human existence, according uh, to some you know more indigenous systems of uh, clinical systems the maya had many calendars they had calendars for venus for the uh oh, yeah. hurricanes they had a for remarkable calendar for venus. yeah yeah uh, for human gestation there were a bunch of different calendars and the way they all interlocked was just uh, beyond ingenious uh was quite yeah. baffling. oh yeah yeah it, it, it's a marvel it's certainly a marvel of the ancient world and the thing about the Mayas, too, is that they were such precise uh, observers of the sky. And this had led some ancient astronaut proponents, too. You know, what was their fascination with astronomy? And why did they, even though they didn't have any kind of telescopes, but they did have observatories. And there's the famous one in Caracol, right? I, I, in one of the Mayan ruins. I forgot which one. I think it's Chichen Itza. Uh, and it even looks it's like a, a modern observatory. Yeah, it's one of the only buildings with a round top. It's one of the only right. Mayan buildings that's, that's built in the round. Well, this is a good opportunity for me to do some shameless self-promotion. I will be uh, leading a trip down to Palenque during the time period that Terence McKenna identified as uh, being very important uh, t- 
time for the introduction of novelty and change into into reality. So uh, Clifford Mahuti, uh, my Zuni elder friend, and I will be leading a trip down to Palenque. If anybody's interested, uh, talk to me after class. Okay. Right. The shameless yeah, plug has now been given, and by the way, we're going to collect a check before you leave this room. Oh, cool. I get a check? Excellent. No, we're going to collect one from you for the advertising. <laughs> Put it on my tab. Oh, your tab is getting bigger. <laughs> we'll never collect on it because we think Chris is a nice guy. Oh, cool. Well, you got to come down, Gene. I'll think about it. <laughs> get a shoehorn to get you out of your, your office there. I never leave this office. You're right. I mean, you've been down here. We'll go out for lunch or something. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. I think you're like, uh, like Cinderella. If you go out past a certain time, you turn into a pumpkin. Or a werewolf. Yeah. But that's only the nights of the full moon. You know, even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, really, I'm impressed. There, uh, what was that, Poe or something? Or No, that Shelley? was the, the Wolfman, 1941. Oh, okay. Lon Chaney. Yes. Lon oh, Chaney okay. Jr., actually. Oh, Junior, yeah. That's right. Not the original. He died like 1930 or something like that. Wow. Antonio, uh, there's another subject. I, I think we've kind of beat the Mayan thing a little bit uh, into the ground. Excuse me, sound yeah. of beating into the ground. <laughs> thump, thump, yeah, so thump. what else do you want to discuss? With you, we could go on for days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and especially I'm doing more and more historical stuff now, you know. Yeah. I, I always loved history, and uh, and I think it's it's so important on on any subject. I mean, not just UFOs, right? I mean, right, in order right, to course. yeah, in order to to really give a proper opinion about any subject, you have to know the history of of that particular subject. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't, and they just come up with any kind of opinion or theories. But you know, often right. they don't even know anything about the history. Well, you and I had a really interesting conversation last year, uh, and you were pretty excited about what you considered to be pretty good smoking gun type evidence of pre-Columbian abduction accounts from Mesoamerica. Do, do you want to spend a little time and talk about that? Oh, yeah, that, was fascinating. that case is fascinating. Really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a case, I, that was kind of one of my, in fact, I probably should put that article on the web because that was published on issue number two. Uh, which is out of print, so because uh, you know that was early on in our magazine, so we didn't have enough copies. I guess people can still get probably an electronic version of it, but I will probably put it on the web that particular article because it, it even has a lot of interesting parallels to what we were discussing. And this article was basically a discussion of a series of omens, celestial omens, what we today would call a, a UFO wave that took place in Mexico in the first 15 or 20 years of the 16th century, right before the arrival of Cortes, like if something was preparing. And it's mentioned in every single chronicle. So there's no question that something happened. Now, it's possible that like any UFO case, you know, some of these had natural explanations, might have been a comet or whatever. In fact, we, we, we published in the article a famous uh, woodprint of the, from the, one of the classic books about the ancient Mexico by Friar Diego Duran written in the colonial days. Uh, most of the, of the books uh, written about the, the ancient Mexico and uh, oh, as well as Peru uh, were written by priests. Because what happened is as soon as the Spanish conquered the, the new lands, one was to exploit them, but the other one was to save their souls, right? Well, there was a fascinating debate, actually, at the, 
at the Spanish court right after the dis discovery of America as to whether the Indians had souls or not. I'll tell you, discrimination takes all shapes and forms. We have Antonio Huneus, right. who takes only one form, I think. He's not a shapeshifter. <laughs> With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Attention business owners and individuals who owe the IRS. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? You need aggressive representation. Call Certified Tax now and speak to one of our tax attorneys, enrolled agents, or tax professionals who specialize in tax liens, back taxes, tax debt, wage garnishment, and collections. We won't waste your time. Instead, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. And you can become a client right now. We've settled millions of dollars in tax issues for a fraction of the cost. Find the 
peace of mind knowing the IRS will not be knocking at your door. Protect your home, business, and family today. We know the tax laws, and we act fast. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. 1-800-685-9751. Remember, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. That's guaranteed. Call Certified Tax at 800-685-9751. That's 800-685-9751. Again, 800-685-9751. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. When you start Antonio, he never stops because he's got so many fascinating stories to tell. On the Paracast, we continue with Antonio Huneus. He is one of the editors at Open Minds Magazine, and he's been around the UFO and paranormal fields for hundreds of thousands of years, right? <laughs> That's good. I have a million He's of them, and none of them are funny. You started a bit of a presentation before we broke, and let's kind of pick up on that. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was talking about this debate that took place at the Spanish court or, or at the University of Valladolid. I forgot exactly when it was. Well, like whether the Indians had souls, right. Yeah, because it was the first debate on human rights, basically. You know, I mean, they, here they had discovered this huge land, which initially Columbus thought it was Asia, right? But then after, shortly thereafter, they realized it was in Asia. And then, uh, so what, what do they do with these people? You know, for most of the people in the crown or whatever, they, all they wanted was gold and exploit them or whatever. But there were some priests that had, uh, were, you know, they were more, whatever, you know, more human, I guess. And they, they, they realized that they, in fact, a lot of the priests became like the defenders of the Indians. So, and that's why, because they had to learn the language. Once the, the determination on the Spanish crown was that the Indians had souls, so therefore they had to be Christianized, you know, bring into the, into the new religion, into the true religion, as opposed to the satanic religion that they had, right? And maybe the, even the Spanish had a point when they saw the, the gruesome human sacrifice of the Aztecs, you know. They said, hey, this is the devil, man. <laughs> Who else, you know, opening people's chests and taking a palpitating heart and stuff like that? I mean, that was pretty gruesome. That sounds so like that, an Indiana they, Jones movie. Right. They will. They, the Aztecs did it for, for real, you know, and with thousands of people. The Aztecs had even set up a system where they didn't want to conquer these other kingdoms, and instead they had a blood tax. That's why a lot of these tribes actually supported the Spanish, because they had this horrible system under the Aztecs where they, they would kind of have sort of a self-government, but then they had to supply whatever, 500 young kids, you know, every year or whatever, to for the human sacrifice. So it was determined that now you had to, to give the true religion to the true, in quotation marks, to the Indians. So they sent all these missionaries. They were mostly Franciscans, initially Franciscans. Later, they were also Dominicans and other, other priests. And these people learned the language in order to properly evangelize, right, the, the natives. But as they learned the language, then they also got exposed to their culture. And then they, they, they talked to a lot of elders at a time when these elders had lived under independent kingdoms, right, not under the Spanish. So that's how really the first important Spanish chronicles were written. A couple were written by soldiers like Bernal Diaz del Castillo, but most of them were written by priests. And the most famous of all the priests was Sahagún, Bernardino de Sahagún, who is considered in current days as the father of Mesoamerican anthropology. 
because he wrote a massive book, which wasn't even published until the 1820s, where he examined every aspect of uh, of the ancient Mexican civilization. Now, I should the ask you here, that wasn't because they wanted to deprive him of his royalty, so they waited till he was dead. No, well, no. Basically, he was a priest, so he wasn't doing it commercially. He sent the papers to whatever, to his order in Spain or to some archive, and, and, it just, uh, and then eventually in the 1820s, someone discovered it, and it was finally published. And now it's, it's, it's highly regarded, that book, because it has... And, and, of course, in that book, there is a chapter about the omens as well, which I, I discussed in my article. And then there was the other priest, uh, who was uh, Diego Duran, who came to Mexico. Both of these priests uh, came to Mexico around the 1550s, so very early under the conquest. And Duran wrote a very famous history, too, of the ancient Mexicans. And in this uh, book, he has this strange account of what today we would call an abduction. It was basically a peasant who was abducted by an eagle, but it was a talking eagle. And as we know, eagles don't talk, you know, so, so <laughs> something happened. I'm just, it's, it's actually much more fascinating than that. Uh, the guy claims, uh, as the story was, was told by, by Duran, and that he was um, in the fields, uh, tending the fields or whatever, just a peasant, and then the, the, he gets taken by this eagle. And then the eagle takes him to some cave somewhere and then talks to him. And then they tell him that he has to appear to the Emperor Moctezuma and give him this uh, sort of warning that unless he humbles himself or whatever, his, his, uh, you know, his, his, his game is up, basically. So next, in this kind of vision, because as far as we know, he never physically left this cave, he appears in a room and, and there's Moctezuma, who's kind of sleeping. And then he takes kind of a cigar. As you know, the Indians invented tobacco, right, also, among other things. But they used it for different purposes that we do. And then with this uh, cigar, burns him on the thigh, I guess under the instructions of this talking eagle or whatever. So burns him on the thigh. And then next, he is taken by the eagle again, and he's back in the field or in his village. They tell him that on the next day, then he has to, uh, the, the king, as kings often did in those days, uh, you would receive, right, the people, and, 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 and the people would come with problems, and you would act as a judge or whatever. So sure enough, the, the, the poor guy shows up on the next day, and he meets Montezuma and tells him the story, and then Montezuma says, yes, I had a dream in which someone burned my thigh. And sure enough, his thigh had a, was, a, was a wound there. So then he got angry with the poor guy, and they throw him in jail. And that's the end. Even though the eagle had told them, this is interesting, because often in a UFO abductions, you know, the so-called aliens tell the abductees something, and then things turn out differently. So the same here. The talking eagle had told the Indian, don't worry, nothing's going to happen to you. Don't fear, don't fear. You go see the emperor and tell him what, you, what, what I told you. But sure enough, according to Duran, anyway, he gets thrown into jail, and that's it. That's the last we heard of the, of the poor peasant. But what's fascinating... The moral yeah, of the story just is don't, don't burn the king on the thigh. You know, maybe leave some lipstick or something, but don't, don't burn him on the thigh. Right. But what's fascinating, there is a church in Mexico City from the 17th century. I don't have the article with me here, but I I forgot the name right now. It's uh, San Ignacio or something like that. I can look it up. And in this church, there is a stone monument 
of different aspects of the history of Mexico, whatever, and this is from the Baroque period, 1600s. And sure enough, and we published the picture in the article, which I took myself, there is the story of the, of the peasant being taken by the eagle. So that appears in actually stone monument in a church in the 1600s. So it must have been a fairly important case for it to make it to a stone monument in a, in a, in a prominent church. There's been a lot of important cases. This case has never been published in English. I think I was the first one, as far as I know. There's been a lot of activity over the years in Mexico. It seems to be a hotbed for UFO activity and and paranormal-type reports. And uh, and it seems like that that, that kind of uh, history of increased amount of activity does tend to, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of getting hints that it may have been going on uh, before the arrival of Europeans. Uh, that's a really fascinating case. Any other cases that you found in your, in your research that talk about UFO-type uh, phenomena that, that predate uh, the arrival of Europeans or, or from that uh, 14th, 15th century time period? Uh, well, in, well, one of the things I mentioned in there, in uh, I did a web story on that too, but I also in the openminds.tv website, but I also published it in the in the 2012 article. We have another story coming from Antonio Huneas. Then we're going to ask questions from our listeners. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. 
we take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. When I hear about natural disasters and the danger of having no water, I'm not worried. Why? Because I have an Aquapod. Got it from MyPatriotSupply.com. The Aquapod Emergency Water Storage Kit comes with a pump and a huge 65-gallon bladder that easily fits in a standard bathtub, allowing a family of four a 14-day supply of safe, fresh water and at a much lower cost than bottled water. Made in the USA with BPA-free material, the Aquapod keeps water fresh for up to eight weeks. Just fill from your tub, then pump into jugs or bottles. The Aquapod is only $29.95, and when you buy two or more Aquapods at MyPatriotSupply.com, You'll qualify for free shipping. Plus, check out the Survival Seed Vault with 20 seed varieties, Tattler canning lids, the nation's only customizable long-term storable foods, and much more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Get stress-free shipping on all orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927 or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, as Chris wants to okay. make himself sound old because he's basically channeling a Mayan right there, I think that's what's happening. We have Antonio Huneas, who's about to tell us another story, please. Uh, yeah, no, this was just mentioned because she is a very important figure. In Mexico, she, her name is Guadalupe Rivera, and she is the daughter of the famous muralist Diego Rivera, one of the great mural painters you know, of, of modern art, and uh, the, you know, the one that did all the famous murals in the presidential palace in Mexico right. City, which right. uh, they appear in many, in many books and so on. So she's the daughter of this guy, and she was um, an ambassador to the United Nations Food and Drug Administration, and she was also um, a senator. And I think she was the economic advisor to the presidency. So she's a woman with very important credentials in Mexico, besides being the daughter of their, one of their most revered artists. She said that in, during the course of her duties, and um, this would have been probably in the 1970s, she was uh, driving on a van in, a, in some, some part of Mexico. I, don't, I forgot the name right now. And they saw this ball of light hovering right on top of their van. And as a result of this, this led her to become interested in the UFO phenomenon. And she kind of became an ufologist, you know, for a woman with those kinds of, of credentials. And, uh, yeah, her main thing was that um, there had been contact in ancient Mexico. And in ancient Mexico at one time had been an extremely important point in human history because they were in contact with people from space and they gained knowledge and so on, but then, then somehow they lost it, and as a result, you know, then they got conquered by the Spanish and so on and so forth. And then she finally, I think it was in 2010, 
she published a book, which I haven't read, but I did read some accounts of, of it and some excerpts about all this type of phenomena, but she wrote it as a novel because a novel, I guess, gives you more flexibility. And it's supposed to be a, a trilogy, but as, and the, the name of the book was The Circle of the Gods, but has not been translated to English as far as I know. Chris, let's just move the discussion here because there's a lot to talk about. You have been collecting a few questions from our forums at forum.theparacast.com. You want to bring some of those okay. up? Okay. Uh, there's a couple here uh, that might be good because they're more general, so we can start out with those. This comes from Vess V. Highfolk, who's been a poster since May 2010 uh, at com. He says, Antonio, what case do you find as best evidence of alien visitation? Is uh, the first of three questions. Oh, boy. Kind of a tough one. Yeah, well, it's a tough one only in the sense, like, uh, there are so many, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, even after you rule all the bad cases, you're still going to end up with a fantastic amount of, of, of good cases, and this could be in the, at least in the hundreds of cases. So well, give us me, a short list of some than, of your favorites. Yeah, well, for me, rather than just the case, what I've always thought was so fascinating was the, that there were so many. If there was only one, you know, okay, maybe it's a dubious phenomenon, but you do have many. Now, just to give you a couple of examples, uh, and this is one that I did, uh, I did write it in, uh, in, uh, in the magazine, in Open Minds magazine, a few issues ago, and it's not a well-known case, but I find it so convincing. It's known as the Pirasununga Close Encounter of the third kind. And uh, it basically happened in Brazil in 1969. And there was this, uh, this city there, not a big city, but not a small town either. And there was a very important um, Air Force um, Academy there. Not the Academy for Pilots, but like for, uh, you know, lesser officers. And a number of other installations. And basically this classical flying saucer hovered over the town and uh, this was at daytime in the morning according to brazilian air force documents it was seen by at least um, 500 people and it landed in a, in an open field and then there was a, a fruit vendor and and meanwhile as it landed it also caused apparently uh, the ufo caused this there was a there was a power blackout and the telephones uh, stopped working. In those days, of course, there were no cell phones. And uh, so next, uh, as many people saw this phenomenon, but then there was a, a fruit vendor whose name was Tiago Machado. He was um, a 19-year-old kid at the time, and normally people would have freaked out, you know, and, and, and move away from the object, but this guy was the opposite. He wanted to be right there on, on the action. Sell, sell him so, some mangoes. Right. So he runs towards the, so towards the object. Now, this is not just a UFO landing. The UFO lands, and then a hatch opens, and these um, beings come floating out of it. So that's a close encounter of the third kind. But as the guy comes very close, he seems like he was going to go all the way to the, to the saucer. So then one of the, one of the aliens or occupants uh, shot him but not to really kill him or anything, shot him with some kind of beam weapon at the thigh, but enough to knock him out. And then they went back into the UFO, and the, the, the UFO took, takes off. They take the kid to the infirmary, and he had a, you know, minor burns. But nevertheless, so here we have a case where you have at least three 
types of um, of close encounter of the second kind, which according you know to the Heineck terminology is those cases where you have uh, some kind of physical evidence. So the UFO landed and it left uh, grounds uh, on the uh, you know trace trace marks on the ground. It was a lot of grass there, so you could really see this. Uh, it was described as as a barbell. You know, he used an athletic or whatever. It was, it was so heavy, you know, that he had just and in a tripod shape. And we got the pictures from the Brazilian Air Force because at that time they had an official project called Cioani, which was uh, sort of their equivalent of Blue Book, but more open-minded. And um, so that's one category of physical evidence. Then you had the electromagnetic effect, right? I mean, the whole town lost its power, the telephones, which again is associated with some UFO cases. And then finally, you have the physiological effect. This guy was burnt, and uh, you know, not seriously, but, he, but enough that it was noticeable. And this was uh, the Air Force interview, the doctor that treated him, and everything. So, I mean, what else do you want if you're a skeptic? I mean, here you have a case, 500 witnesses, physical evidence on the ground, physiological evidence on the main witness who is the closer to the scene, possibly electromagnetic uh, evidence. Uh, I say possibly because that would be hard, harder to prove, but nevertheless, the timing coincides. And on top of that, you have an official investigation that, that basically validates everything that I've said. So to me, that, that's... That's a great case. That is a good and, one. And uh, you, you don't hear mention of this. Uh, that's that's not. That's uh, one of the, one of the cases that should be, uh, I think, more notorious and, and and more, you know, well known. Yeah, I think yeah. in the field. That, that's it's not why one that I, most I, people I, know. No, you're absolutely right. That's why I always do try to mention this case. You know, I I got, I got exposed to this case by by accident, uh, as it usually happens uh, when I went to Brazil way back in uh, in 1984. And I met, um, my brother was living in Brazil at the time, and I met um, Cleto Pereira, who is a prominent uh, Brazilian ufologist, but a man of great culture. I think he had been, uh, he had worked for the Brazil Central Bank. He, I think he had been like the president of the Rio de Janeiro Association of um, Art Collectors. You know, this was a guy when I, I was in his apartment, I had a you know, glass of whiskey with him. You could tell this was not, you know, just a simpleton. It was a, was a well-cultured guy. And he had very good connections with the Brazilian Air Force. And I, at one time, he had even acted as kind of their unofficial spokesman. And he's the one that had obtained this document written by a colonel uh, that was connected to this Air Force Academy for sub-officers. And I, I couldn't believe it when I read that document. I mean, it was basically, it, it said everything that I, I said before, you know, but in an official document. So we have many cases like this. Uh, in, the, in the next issue of Open Minds magazine, which is not out yet, well, actually, we do already have copies at the office, but officially still not publicly out, but it will be out in a couple of weeks. There I revive, I, uh, I, I talk about a case that is mentioned sometimes in various books and things, but never in detail, and it's known as the Cusack Close Encounter. And this happened in France. And um, uh, basically, this case involved two children who, and it's in some respects, is similar to the Pirasununga. I will have to get more about the case involving the two children with Antonio Huneas, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast.
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Did you know that 50% of heart attacks are brought on by infections? Did you know that hospitals are breeding grounds for antibiotic-resistant bugs like MRSA? The environment is infected with parasites, and the mild winter means ticks with Lyme disease, mosquitoes with West Nile virus, and cold and flu viruses will be on the rise. Protect yourself with nature's natural antiparasitic, antiviral, antifungal, antibiotic, Allicin, the heart of garlic. Get concentrated protection with Ali-C and Ali-Ban from AffinityHealthProducts.com. One capsule of Ali-C equals 40 cloves of garlic or 100 garlic pills. With no garlic breath, Aliban has Allicin in spray, liquid, and cream forms with three times more strength than leading brands and costs less. Go to AffinityHealthProducts.com, spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, HealthProducts.com, or call 877-888-7126. That's 877-888-7126. Protect yourself with Ali-C or Aliban from AffinityHealthProducts.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Well, this is Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, and I'm here to say a good word or two about the Paracast, which I believe is the gold standard of paranormal radio. Listen to it if you can. Chris is taking on his tricksterish voice, I think. Uh-huh. devilish voice, I don't know. Antonio, you're talking about the case, about two children. Let's continue. Yeah. So basically, the Cusack case, uh, like I said, happens in this very small village in France. It was in the 1960s. I think it's 67. I'm going to look at the article here and make sure that I got the correct information. And basically, um, these kids, who actually were the sons, son and daughter of the mayor of the town, so he was kind of the most prominent guy in town. It was a very small town. Um, and uh, this happened in 1967, August 29 of 1967. So the kids grew up and they were tending the farm animals. They had about 20 cows or something. And they're in the field there. And then they notice that the cows are going towards the hedge uh, and, and in a stone face there, that a fence that I guess separated two properties or whatever. And as, they, as the, the, the kid was uh, 13 year old and his sister was like nine year old. So then as the kid goes there, he notices that on the other side of the this, of this stone fence, and there's, uh, and there's a hedge there, he can see this huge um, sphere, luminous sphere, hovering right over the ground. And then there are these four beings who are on the ground, like doing something. And they look small. So these people being, as, as a lot of the alien occupants do, right, in the UFO literature, uh, so they see these small kids, and this is kind of a nice little tidbit in the story. Then uh, the, the the kid says, "Oh, are you coming to play with us?" You know, you see, it's like little people, right? Are they coming to play? But then when the aliens realize that they now they're being observed by these two children, they decide it's time to take out, to take off. But they don't just enter the the craft in normal way. They fly, they fly and dive on top of the sphere. And there, we published a, a nice illustration from a French comic that, because in France, this case is quite prominent. And uh, so they eventually they fly into the sphere, and then the sphere takes off and it's gone. But it left a very strong smell of sulfur. And this is important um, because, uh, again, there's, uh, the, 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 the ufologists that initially wrote about this in the, in the old uh, French periodical, Lumière de la Nuit, which was uh, the equivalent of Flying Saucer Review, but in France, they were the first ones on the scene. Well, actually, no, I'm wrong. The first ones on the scenes were the police. Uh, what happened is, so the UFO takes off. The animals, there was a dog too. They're all like uh, kind of panic, right? After all this commotion with this big object and everything. So the kids have to first gather the animals. Then they go eventually back to their, to their home and, and they're crying and they're all upset and, uh, and they tell their parents and I guess the parents go to the scene. The UFO's already gone. Although eventually other witnesses were found. So the father calls the police and he's the mayor. 
and the police comes, and one of the gendarmes uh, says that he uh, could still smell the sulfur. And then they find another witness who didn't see the UFO visually because he was working on the basement or something, or the barn there, but he did hear a noise. Not only there was a, the sulfur, but there was a very um, a vibration. This, this object was emitting some very, very loud vibration. So that, the sound part was also uh, heard by other witnesses. Well, they basically cross-examined these children, first by the police, first by their parents, then the police, then eventually the ufologists, and they could never find a single contradiction. And so the case was considered a classic. In 19, the 1970s, when Japan, you know, the official uh, investigation in France, which is under the French Space Agency, they have a UFO office. Like it would be like if NASA had a UFO department, but I guess the French are more sophisticated politically. <laughs> so they reopened an investigation of this case. And it was done by Claude Poer, the, the head of the agency. And all the details are explained in the article because basically 99% of the data on this case, you will only find it in French. So a lot of the stuff is not available for Americans. Fortunately, uh, as we may have discussed in the first interview I did, you know, a few years ago, uh, I did study French at the Sorbonne, so I can read French. So I was, I was able to track a lot of the original sources. But to me, so then again, the official investigation came to the same conclusion. They completely ruled out that it was a helicopter landing because that was sort of the natural debunking explanation. Oh, the kids just saw a helicopter. This Claude Poher, who was an aerospace engineer, demolished that theory. But more fascinating even than that is in the 1980s, there was a counter-investigation by, by a group of skeptical ufologists in France. But I have to explain that in Europe, the skeptics are a little bit more open-minded than the United States. They seem to be less dogmatic. They're still very skeptic, but they're kind of fascinated by the phenomenon. They are sometimes very honest, like in this case. What happened is these guys thought that they were going to be able to crack this case. They said, oh, this is an easy one. Two kids, you know, we'll just interview them and, and, and ask some leading questions, and they're going to, sooner or later, you know, there's going to be a contradiction. Well, they couldn't find it. They tried as hard as they, as, they, as they tried. So eventually, even the skeptics' own investigation uh, and it's right at the beginning of their article that it was, it was a paper written by a French ufologist called Thierry Pinvidic, which was published. The investigation was done in the 1980s, but the, the paper wasn't published until like 1992 or 93, somewhere around there. And uh, basically, he says right at the start, we thought we were going to explain this case, but I'm sorry we couldn't come up with an explanation. And we're only going to explain a case if we can establish a solid foundation. If not, it's not worth it. I'll tell you so what, we have so many things to cover and not enough time. Let's get to some more questions and maybe keep the answers a bit shorter as a result. Chris? All right. How about, this is um, question number two from Vesfa High Folk. <laughs> some of these uh, avatar names are pretty interesting here. Do you feel that the uh, Lonnie Zamora case or the Pasigula, Mississippi case uh, were uh, alien visitations? Which was the first one besides Pasigula? The Socorro, New Mexico case and Pasco. Oh, Socorro, Socorro, okay. Yeah, I, well, again, alien, uh, I don't know if they were alien, but I think both of those cases are pretty solid. The Socorro case uh, investigated, you know, long time by Blue Book, by uh, Ray Stanford, of course, wrote a classic book. And uh, recently there was that guy, 
what is his name? Basaggio or something. There was there was yeah, some guy yeah. that claimed that Anthony, it was a, Anthony Bragalia, right? That he claimed that it was a hoax by the some kids from the Institute of New Mexico Institute of Mineralogy or something like that. But it, and he had some letter, but it wasn't very solid, basically. And um, I mean, it was and and to me, and not only that, I actually read the the chapter on on Socorro that Quintanilla himself wrote. You know that major Hector Quintanilla, right? Quintanilla, the last director of Blue Book, who by no means can be considered a UFO believer. In fact, ufologists used to hate him. And this guy could not explain Socorro. And he, he, he went on Blue Book as unknown. And believe me, there had been some kind of a prank. The FBI was involved. They would have been discovered back then. So I think that's a good case. And Pascagoula, uh, same thing. I, I interviewed Charlie Hickson myself many years ago. I was in the area. He, not at the time of the incidents, but, but many years later. But he took me to the area where it happened. And uh, I published a big article in Open Minds magazine, too, a few issues ago, uh, after Charlie died. After Charlie died, I, which was uh, only like in December or something of last year, November, December. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, shortly, just a few months ago. I, I published on the web, you know, the, and I put the entire transcript of some um, lecture that he gave, which I attended. So yeah, there is a few things here and there on the on the on that case that, that you can point out of, of some doubt here or there. But I think basically the case stands, and there are other witnesses as well, including um, people from the Navy. By the way, Chris, you didn't ask the question from trained observer, did you? Uh, not yet. Okay, let's do that one because he's worrying that his question won't be asked. All right, I was saving the best for last. You're gonna love this one, Antonio. Oh, this is a good way to end this segment. Yeah. And then we'll have a cliffhanger. Let's go ahead with this. Okay. Why did okay. Open Minds run with the long ago debunked Dan Burrish, Kane, uh, Kat Salas story? The fact the guy has changed his name several times seems indicative of something, don't you think? The amount of work that Tratt put into that, Michael Tratt put into that, was incredible for the story of a known hoaxer. Also, wasn't there some falling out between Open Minds, Tratt, Burrish, Kane? Cut sell us over the Project Aquarius article. Whoa, yeah. what a question we have here. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one for me because you know, you're asking me about the com- about our company. Of course, I had nothing to do with the with the Barry story myself, you know. Um, but poor Michael, I guess he was he was really assigned that story, and uh, and uh, so he did it. But he he, he actually Ow. had some doubts. Uh, even at the time, and uh, I remember he he telling me, he said, I don't know what to do with this guy. With Gene and Chris, we have Antonio Huneus. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700.
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. It's non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte by calling 213-405-5355, 213-405-5355, or visit bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Antonio Honeas. He's an editor for Open Minds Magazine with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. In our previous segment, which went on the last hour, we asked him a long, complicated question about an article run in Open Minds Let's have the answer. Yeah. Well, as I had explained, well, also notice that that story was never published in the magazine because in the magazine, we want to keep the standards, you know, very high. So it wasn't deemed initially. We know if the guy would have come up with good evidence, uh, bearish, you know, we, we would have used it in the magazine. But in the end, we decided not to use it in the magazine. But uh, and it's true, there was a fallout at the end. He was a he's a very strange guy. I don't know if you either of you have met him. I I had never paid much attention or, or was uh, much of a believer in his story anyway. George Knapp already had investigated years ago and completely ruled it out. But anyway, I met the guy. Of course, he came to our office and he spent here uh, you know a long time, many hours, and 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 then basically Michael was assigned to do the story and he spent a lot of time and. Uh, but then when the story was published, uh, Berish uh, had a lot of, uh, not a lot, but it had some problems. And But they were very minor, you know. So it's just like some little detail, you know, was wrong or this or that. So it was not one of our best stories, but it, it happens. So so where do you come down? The whole thing was just an elaborate... Uh, oh, I, uh, I... Fairy tale. So yeah, there's I no think Ganesh the guy particle? That probably... Yeah, probably a copycat of uh, Lazar or something, you know. That's when I mean, because he first emerged. He first emerged, and when that when Area Fifty One was very big, and uh, now it's it's not a dummy though. It's a very cerebral guy, and he comes across like pretty intelligent, and he's uh, he's got he claims he's a government biochemist. Of course, he's never shown any evidence for that. Do you but, do yeah, well, check on him? Uh, well, he he gave us some stuff, but he wasn't it wasn't it wasn't worth it, you know. I mean, 
So, Chris, yeah, let's no, move to our next question. Okay, we have one from Sentry. Uh, we do. Yes. This is kind of an open-ended question. Uh, you know, you might want to try to just kind of give us a thumbnail sketch. But what is your opinion of the the way that the UFO subject is is treated in the media? Do you think there's any hope? Yeah, I think there's some hope because I I, I see that it's been some change. Uh, believe me, when I, I as you know, I've been in this field now for something like 35 years. And uh, even though the media is different in different parts of the world, right? In South America, the media is much more open. And when I would go in the 80s to South America, I felt like I was in another planet, you know, with regards to the subject. But in the States, it was tough back in the old days. There was really a lot of ridicule and all that. But I think it's changed. I mean, not not entirely. I, so I don't think it's so much now the poo-pooing or that. A lot of, you know, the snidey remarks and things like that. A lot of that has is gone now. But uh, the problem that remains is, is, is shallowness. You know, they don't do a proper investigation. They don't That's do an a thorough <laughs> I like the next but question. Sometimes in the local papers, you will find better treatment, as you probably oh, yeah. know yourself. Yeah. I've local experienced papers, that, Chris, in, uh, in the Valley or whatever. Yeah. Usually it's the local papers that have local ownerships, which is such a rare commodity these days. Because most are owned by large chains, and they only care about corporate. They don't care about stuff like that. This next question I find fascinating. Chris? (laughs) Antonio, what is your opinion of the way ufologists are treated by Jim Mosley? Oh, Jim Mosley. (laughs) Well, uh, of course, we all know Jim, and uh, we wish him well. Uh, well, Jim is an, is an equal opportunity cynic. I, I, would, I would call it that where, you know, I mean, he, he can make a lot of fun of ufologists, but he can also make equally a lot of fun about skeptics and debunkers and, and, and Randy and so on. So, so Jim is, uh, but, but I've known Jim for many, many years, not as, not as long as Gene, of course, but uh, still, I met mostly probably in the, in the 70s. I must have met him in the late 70s. And uh, even though he's, he's uh, you know, he makes a lot of fun of people and cases and all that, but if you really probe him deeply, he does admit that there is a real phenomenon. He's very serious about it if you actually sit there and talk yeah. it over with him. And, you know, he has the surface veneer of laughing at Correct. the subject, and then you talk to him. And number three, yeah. question number three. Okay, Antonio, besides getting a subscription to Open Minds magazine, what can the public do to support valid UFO research? Uh, that's a good question. Um, what can the public do? Um, well, I mean, do do research. I mean, these days, people can do research, you know, thanks to the Internet. I mean, there's a lot of, of, of crap, too, but uh, there is a lot of good stuff. Uh, in the, I mean, it's completely changed in the way of doing research. So that's one thing you can do. Uh, you can support if you don't if you don't have the time or the inclination to do research your own. Yeah, you can like like the guy said, you know, hopefully subscribe to Open Minds or join MoveOn or support any of the few valid efforts out there. They're not maybe they're not many, but there are a few. And um, another is to try to get maybe. Um, you know, let's say that you're connected with the university, maybe try to get the university to sponsor maybe a lecture or something like that. Try to open broaden the field, you know, 
some people like to try the political way, you know, go into exopolitics. So they, if that's what they are, if that's their calling, they can try that too and write letters to the government or whatever. Uh, if you're into 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 government research, you can try to do Freedom of Information Act requests and uh, and you know find some interesting case and see if the government has anything. I mean, often you're not gonna it, it won't go anywhere, but sometimes you do find stuff. And, uh, yeah, you sometimes you get lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. So well, there's a number of things that people can do. Yeah, there are. Um, I, th- I think doing your own research and coming to an informed opinion based on your own work is, is an important one that you brought up. Uh, like you said, sometimes it's difficult to put the, the kind of mileage in and, and the amount of time it takes to really get up to speed. But but I think we owe it to ourselves to to, to make informed opinions about things instead of accepting the media's view or or the current popular trend that might be in the culture. Um, we have one more question from Vespa High Folk, and, and that uh, involves the Flatwood Monster. Do you think this was alien visitation or something else? Flatwood Monster. Um, it's a famous case, but to tell the truth, I mean, of course I've heard of it, and uh, but it's not one that I really investigated on my own. So... Um, Probably it might have it, it might have stemmed from a real case. Who knows? But it happened so long ago. But it, it's part of folklore now in West Virginia. But and when you have cases like that, the problem is we don't know how much Gray Barker added to the original reports in his book. Yeah, that is a problem. Uh, you're right about that, Jim, because Gray Barker uh, was a kind of a, a trickster, you know, and uh, and we do know, uh, I went to his collection one time, you know, in fact, with Mosley, we, we spoke there one time at the, at the, you know, that's the one thing that Barker did better than any other ufologist. He arranged for his entire collection, or maybe it was done by his sister or whatever but it was done properly and everything was preserved and it's it's uh, it's in a branch of the west virginia public library and in, uh, in the, but it's some some building for historical records there are other other rooms there with civil war records and things like that and there's one room for the gray barker collection and it's everything perfectly preserved and uh, the public, uh, being the public library, you can go there and do research and they'll make copies and everything. But yes, uh, and uh, Barker undoubtedly was, um, I mean, he, he often published real cases, but he also embellished. And, uh, and this is well known by anybody that knew Barker personally, like Mosley, or, or just people that have read. Well, I, I'll I tell you what, I visited it. Barker's house once or twice in Clarksburg, West Virginia. And nothing there was very well organized, so far as I could see. So if that library was well organized, in death, Barker's works and his material was far better organized than in life. Very strange. Oh, yeah. Well, that was done by the librarians, I think. Probably the sure. stuff was just delivered in boxes. But, and they took them a while, I guess. But now, because they are professional librarians, yeah, I was impressed how well. And it's not just, the, not just the documents and the correspondence and things like that. But there's a memorabilia. Uh, so there's pictures and frames on the wall. So it's like a little exhibit. It's not just archives, but also an exhibit. We've got Antonio Huneas joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, 
iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. Life's getting better. So you don't want to carry a gun, but you do want to ensure your personal safety. Then empower yourself legally with self-defense products from StunGunMikes.com. Stun guns come in more shapes than just what you see on TV. Now you can get a powerful mini stun gun that fits in the palm of your hand, a stun baton, or a cell phone or lipstick stun gun. StunGunMikes.com also carries real spy gear like bug and metal detectors and discreet car and home security cameras that hide in almost any type of everyday object, from alarm clocks to pens. Now you can see how your babysitter really treats your children. Go to StunGunMikes.com, spelled just like it sounds. StunGunMikes.com Buy real spy gear from StunGunMikes.com just like the exact same spy gear sold to the government, military, corporate security, law enforcement, and private detectives. Empower yourself with self-defense products now from StunGunMikes.com Let me ask you a question. What does freedom mean to you? The freedom to choose, the freedom to vote, the freedom to worship. How about the freedom to take control of your own future? My friends at eFoods Direct are celebrating freedom this month while helping you take control of your greatest dependency, food. Right now, you receive one of their new Patriot Packs free with every $289 you spend on their highly nutritious and great-tasting food. The Patriot Pack is a 30-day supply of eFoods quick-fix, easy-to-store food. For example, purchase a one-year supply and get five Patriot Packs, which is five months of food free. Use the extra food for everyday use and save hundreds off your grocery bill. Give your free Patriot Pack as a gift to a friend or relative, or simply add more food to your long-term supply for free. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex and get your free Patriot Pack with purchase. Operators are standing by. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. eFoods is so affordable, the more you store and eat, the more you save. Go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex or call 800-409-5633 right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. 
And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're back with Antonio Junius from Open Minds Magazine. And before we let him go, he'll tell you how to get a copy of the magazine. It's actually just going to openminds.tv. And you look at Yeah, up very simple. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Go to openminds.tv. Then uh, it will say, you know, videos, magazine, whatever, store, etc. So you just go to the magazine and then it would list uh, all the issues and it would give you the table of contents and, and, and so on. But of course, we have much more than that on our website. You know, we have a lot of, of, of items. We did put a lot of the APRO bulletins. We have a section called resources and we're going to be doing a, a, a major uh, dump as soon of documents too. That will be pretty interesting. Uh, that's a project that I've been working on. So this is sort of like a little a little preview. And then you know we publish daily stuff. And then there is a, a radio show called Spacing Out, and, and so on. You know, and there's a YouTube channel. There's all kinds of things there. Looks yeah, like a very busy TV. site with lots of things going on. Now, when we invited you on the show, Chris mentioned a couple of articles. The first one we talked about the Mayans, 2012, and UFOs. And then Chris mentions in introducing you for our Question Bank questions, an expose of official committee for the study of aerial anomalous phenomena documents, etc., etc. I'm curious because I don't have the issue. What was Chris talking about? Is this on that same issue? Um, well, it's General Bermudez uh, in the Chilean... Uh, oh, General Bermudez. Yeah, 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 sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you just got me, because uh, I know the name of the committee in Spanish. <laughs> uh, so I think well, don't even ask me like to try Spanish. I would basically would feel very insulted if I did that, because it would be very bad. Right. Uh, well, this is... He agrees course, with me, uh, notice that. Was, this was one of the great things that we did, you know, in our in our Congress uh, this year, the International UFO Congress, which both of you guys were there, is that when uh, we invited this general. And uh, when's the last time that you saw in a general, an Air Force general, who actually runs an official UFO project speaking at an American UFO Congress? I mean, that Never. doesn't happen. Never. If, if, yeah. I mean, in fact, it's never happened in the U.S. It has happened in South America and in Europe. But for us, it was it was a, it was a, a breakthrough. And uh, so this gentleman, actually, he's retired as an Air Force general, but he, he was an Air Force general now. And but he runs uh, the official agency of the government of Chile, which is this committee for the study of uh, aerial anomalous phenomena. CFAA is the acronym. They're attached to the Civil Aviation Agency. So it would be the equivalent, just like I mentioned, that the French model, the French, most people, when they think of UFO agencies, government, they think of the Air Force, right? Because that traditionally was the case in America and in also Brazil and many other countries. It was usually the task of the Air Force because naturally, right, they're supposed to be running, protecting the airspace of countries and so on. But a couple of countries have decided that it was the other agencies are better suited. In the case of the French, the French, they did it through the space agency. It's a small office, but nevertheless official and attached to their to their space agency. And in the case of Chile, I, I think it's the only country in the world that has this, is connected to the civil aviation agency because it's considered potentially an aviation hazard. That's one of their official reasons. And uh, so it, it would be like if the FAA had a small UFO office. Now, what's important 
regardless of, of whether that's good, that the governments do this officially and all that. But the most important thing is by having an agency connected to the civil aviation, you encourage instead of discouraging pilots to report UFOs. Because normally pilots is the case of death, you know. In the 1950s, if you were a pilot, and a commercial pilot, and you saw a UFO, you didn't want to talk publicly about it because it, it, it could cause you a lot of trouble with your airline. But so in Chile, it's exactly the opposite. If you are a pilot and you see a UFO, and this could apply to foreign pilots as well who are flying to Chile, and uh, then not only uh, you're encouraged to make, to make a report, and there, are, there is an official channel to do that and an official questionnaire and nobody's going to laugh at you and you're not going to be downgraded or put on a desk job, you know, that like happened to that poor Japanese pilot, you know, the Terauchi, Captain Terauchi, the famous Alaska case, Japanese airline in 1986, which when he went public and then um, eventually the FAA, you know, released a bunch of documents and they put him on, they gave him a desk job. So this, this, so anyway, but going back to that article, so we got access, thanks to my friendship with General Bermudez, I've known him for a number of years since this agency was created back in the late 90s. They sent me a preliminary report of cases from 2010, and that's, that was that article. And we have a few other articles about him on the, on the web as well. But I also interviewed him at the Congress and on the, on the, current issue that we're working, I mean, on the next issue, the one we're just beginning to do the work, we're going to also publish the excerpts of that interview. So we'll have more material from General Bermudez as time goes on. Antonio, is it their position that UFOs are extraterrestrial? Do they take a position at all? Their position, no, they're clear on that. Their position is that UFOs are a real phenomenon, but we don't know what their origin is. Hey, that's more reasonable than a lot of UFO organizations in this country, the private ones. Right, because what they say is we can establish it's a real phenomenon. And in fact, one of the things, uh, I don't know if you caught his lecture or not at the Congress, he played from all these tapes because, again, they are the civil aviation agency. So they have access to all the radio communications between control towers and airliners, not just airliners. could be military flights or could be, you know, small planes, any plane flying in the air has to file, you know, file a plan and be in touch with the control tower. And so they're, they're in access. They have access to all this material. And whenever there's a UFO report, then those tapes are preserved and then sent to this agency. And then this agency follows it up, since they're part of the civil aviation anyway, so they have access. But they will be picked off by the control tower people immediately. As soon as they, they hear some pilot saying, oh, I have something on the air, you know what it is, whatever, and the Tower will say, you know, we don't know what it is. We have no scheduled flight. This is the kind of dialogue you see on the, on, you can hear on those tapes. He actually played the tapes, and on the PowerPoint, you know, he had the translation because obviously the tapes were in, in Spanish. So it's, I think it's very significant that uh, it's, a, it's an interesting approach, the one that Chile has taken to, to, to couple it to the civil aviation. It's Fascinating. I mean, by, the the way, by the way, as you were talking, and discussing the Chilean investigation of UFOs, one of our very, very frequent visitors to our forums, one of our veterans, posted Mm -hmm. some more questions. Did you notice that, Chris? I bet we caught Chris flat-footed here. Uh, Yeah, no, I haven't refreshed the page. Hold on. Okay, refresh the page, and you will see one of our visitors from down under, Blowfish. 
has uh, some questions. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Blowfish is always fun. He's always got some good stuff. All right, let me see. Okay, we're going to ask the question yeah, on this yeah, good side, question. and then good question. on the other segment we'll have Antonio's answer. The first question is: Okay, is there a growing movement in South American scientific community for more open debate of UFOs, USO phenomena? And is there any current scholarly investigation going on in Brazil, Colombia, etc.? All right. That's a pretty extensive question. It's so extensive that I won't even ask for a pithy comment from Antonio. We're going to just tell you we have Antonio Huneus. He'll answer that question. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, foodstore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of a 100% blocked artery in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps, 
Without noticeable pain. Order Heart and Body Extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 888 3653. That's 1 888 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have Antonio Huneas, who had the honor of being asked a question by one of our longtime regulars, Blowfish. And now, the answer. Okay, so yeah, the question was if there's more academic studies, I guess, or in South America. And yes, I would say there is, uh, but mostly because the, in the old days in South America, you had a, a sort of a weird thing where the culture and the media were very pro-UFO, but the scientific community was terrible. It was, almost, it, was, it was worse than the United States. In the United States, the government and the media were not so good, but you did have more scientists looking at the phenomena, but this was not the case. I'm talking, you know, as far as back as the 80s or 90s even. But now, because so many countries in South America have official agencies, so that kind of broken the lid, you know. Now, if you're a scientist with university, you can talk about UFOs because the government's talking about UFOs. And the government, through their civil aviation agency or through their Air Force, like the case in, in Brazil or Argentina, now they're doing it through the Air Force, are talking and they're saying this is a real phenomenon. Normally, they won't say it's extraterrestrial, but they'll say it's real. In the case of Chile, which is the one I know the best, of course, because I'm, I'm, I'm Chilean and I know these people personally, they created a scientific um, group of advisors to advise their committee. First, they have their internal advisors, and this would be people from the Civil Aviation Agency or from the Air Force. This would be to, you know, experts on radar and these kinds of things. But then they wanted to go beyond that and get people who were mainstream scientists, as good as they could get in Chile. And so they created this committee of advisors, and it has prominent uh, scientists from astronomers, from universities in Chile, and Chile has a very rich uh, astronomical community because they're, they're all the big observatories there, you know, which are mostly run by the Americans and the Europeans, but in coordination with the Chileans. Yes, that is changing. 
but you have to see it country by country. Each country has a little bit of its own of its own history. But in Argentina, uh, we still haven't seen much uh, results because they just kicked off their committee just a few months ago. So they're still in the preliminary process, you know. And it takes time, believe me. Even when the Chilean created CFAA, which was back in '97, the first few years uh, they weren't very active, you know. They their budget was small, and they you know they were still trying to get their bearings together. So that may take a little while, but eventually I'm sure the Argentinians will launch their investigation, and they'll, I mean, they already did, but I mean, we'll probably sooner or later start hearing some concrete results, and likely they'll follow the Chilean model, too, and get, get advisors from the scientific community. Brazil, of course, has had a very rich uh, tradition of UFO studies all the way back to the 50s. They've had several government investigations over Brazil, and they still have one, although they don't have, it, they don't have their own department, but the people who deal with the air traffic in the, but they're, they're from the Air Force, they have um, questionnaires. So any, again, any pilot, but this doesn't have to be a pilot, could be a civilian too on the ground or whatever. Anybody that sees a UFO can file this questionnaire with the Brazilian Air Force. And what's good about it in Brazil too, we see this in some of the South American countries as well, that they were, in the past, they were very secretive, not necessarily about UFOs, but about mostly human rights and political issues, you know, so there was no recourse really to sue the government or get documents. But now they've changed because now we've had democracy in Latin America now for the last 20 years, basically. So they've passed similar laws to the Freedom of Information Act. In Chile, it's known as the Transparency Law. And in Brazil, there is a similar law, which means that the governments now, government agencies are forced to make their activities transparent, unless they affect national security. Obviously, there are some clauses, you know, and privacy and things like that, just like here. But uh, other than that, they are, uh, they are supposed to make their, their stuff open to the public, and they are. And that's how we know about some of these uh, results of these investigations. In Brazil, in fact, they even amended the law where you could actually sue the government. So when, they, when the Air Force realized that unless they start releasing documents, they were going to be sued, then they, re, they decided to release documents, and they did so in the last few years. Well, I'd, I'd sure love to see the complete dossier on the Colaris wave back in the late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> well, it, nobody, you know, they never release everything, you know, and, well, maybe on some other, on some particular cases, but uh, according to Jeva Ayrd, who's the most better-known Brazilian ufologist, and he was the guy who was coordinating this um, Freedom of Information campaign that it was called in Brazil that they launched a few years ago, and he claims, particularly with that very disturbing uh, wave, you know, the known as the Chupas in northern Brazil, uh, which includes, of course, the cases in Colaris where people got injured. There were even some fatalities. This, this was a really bad, a bad scene. I mean, these and these cases are very real because people were were injured, and it was all documented by the Air Force. And for many years, they hadn't released anything. Then, but there were some leaks. Valet had published some of this material in his book, Confrontations, but at that time had only been leaked or people had seen it, you know, but eventually a lot of the material was released. But for instance, there are many accounts that when the Air Force set up a camp at the middle of this flap in 1977 in the Amazon region, they had movie cameras. And supposedly they they took all these movie footage. That has never been seen. So there's still more stuff too. Yeah, there's still more stuff to be gotten. But at least when you had nothing and then you get something, something is better than nothing. There's a second part of the question, is there, Chris? 
Any sort of update reports of any current UFO, USO sightings down uh, from Latin America, for example, from rainforest civilians, cattle uh, farmers, military pilots, or commercial fishermen? I've, it's been fairly quiet uh, the last couple of months. You're you right. Heard anything? It's been fairly quiet. No, not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure something, but nothing momentous, you know. I mean, sometimes you hear reports, but they're just, you know, run of the mill reports. As far as something more substantial, yeah, I think the last couple of months has been relatively quiet. But we've had in the past some rather interesting group incidents of cattle mutilations in, in Argentina. Argentina has almost, I would say, there's probably maybe even more cattle mutilations now down there than here. And um, this lady, Andrea Perez, who's also a member of the ufological, the Air Force Commission, because what's interesting about the Argentinian Air Force Commission, and I published all this material in both in the magazine and in the Open Minds website when, when it first came out, was one of our big stories, because it was so un- unusual. What happened, so the Brazil, Argentinian Air Force finally decides to create a committee. What they do? They call ufologists. I mean, they had their own experts, obviously, but they also called ufologists, and they invited some of the more prominent members of the civilian UFO community to become external members of, you know, this sounds like, an, an, you know, impossible in the U.S. You could never even envision something like that in the U.S., but in Latin America, it's different. You don't have to be fighting the government on UFOs. You can work together. And so she, uh, this lady, who's actually a chemist by profession, she had documented a lot of cattle mutilation cases. And the last time I, I did talk to her, that was a, was a while ago, but not too long ago, maybe about you know, a few months ago, uh, she said that there was in this particular area of Argentina, there had been so many many of these reports, both UFO sightings and mutilations, that they had created sort of an informal network between the ranchers, uh, veterinarian people, and the police, the local police, to deal with this phenomenon. Yeah, I think the, the, the full scope of what's been going on down there since 2000, basically, um, I don't think is going to be, it's, we're never really going to know up here uh, the extent of what's going on down there, um, northern Argentina, um, southeastern Brazil. Um, yeah, and some, they did, some, you know, chemical analysis and everything. I mean, some of yeah. the scientific research was, was better than here, actually. Uh, yeah. But the problem was it was never translated. Yeah, in the one case of the uh, the 60,000-gallon cistern drained uh, in a matter of a few hours and then a, a mutilated cow left in the empty cistern, that, that's that's got to be one of the all-time classic cases. You know, you just don't hear about that stuff up here, and and uh, I think you're right when you say that there there seems to be a, quite a bit more activity, at least in the unexplained livestock death phenomenon down there than, yeah. than up here. And, uh, and it's good that they're taking it seriously and organizing. Obviously, a lot of these cases are, you know, ranchers may be panicking a little bit and maybe misidentifying unusual-looking scavenger action and that sort of thing. But that, that doesn't discount the whole wave. There, there are just too many quality reports coming out of that part of the world. All those reports will go into more of South American UFO investigations, and maybe how we could get the people here to be like it is there. With Antonio Hineas joining Gene and Chris for one more segment, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze Dry Guy Clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze Dry Guy, the best you can buy. BePrepared.com heats up July with the hottest sale on the web. Going on now, save 28% on freeze-dried raspberries or save on our three-day light emergency kit, a $50 value. This month, just $30.99. Plus, all one-year supplies are on sale at BePrepared.com. This month, save over $350 on our traditional 2,000-year supply of food. Now, just $12.99.99 and get a hand grain mill free. Or choose our most popular year supply, the Premium 2000. It gives you 2,000 calories per day from a variety of nutritious meals for one whole year. Save over seven. $700 plus get a free Canadine Hiker water filter, a $75 value. More details and more hot July savings at BePrepared.com now through July 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify 
identify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with Wise Foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast with Antonio Huneas, who just has a wealth of knowledge. You ask him something, and you sit back and listen, and you enjoy yourselves. And this is the kind of show that Chris and I like because we don't have to work. We just sit back and enjoy what <laughs> right. has to happen. Yeah, we make Antonio do all the heavy lifting. That's right. Yeah, also two hours, right? That gives you a little bit more time when you do 20-minute interview or whatever. Yeah, we know how it works. And that is, what's the state here of the UFO organizations right now in America and why are things so kind of messy here you know there's right now I don't know if Chris has heard this I was talking to somebody earlier today before we did this recording connected with an organization called the Committee to Reform MUFON oh yeah I've heard of those people Elaine Douglas I'm not impressed you're not why not yeah because they are too militant, the, their approach. Uh, Elaine Douglas, uh, I've known her. She was, and uh, you may remember this, Jean or Chris, uh, she was involved with this outfit years ago called Operation Right to Know. Remember, they did a rally in front of the White House? That mostly was there, uh, but, but mostly yeah. was there for the fun. And uh, But at that time, she was younger and stuff. She's kind of become very bitter, you know, and... Uh, but, I mean, sure, I mean, I used to be with a member of MUFON. Now I'm independent, you know, because I'm with open minds. But, I'm, but yeah, and certainly MUFON has a lot of uh, things that can be improved. But on the other hand, it's the best we have, you know. And, and yes, you can reform it, but, but instead of, like, attacking it, you know. I mean, she says that she's going to reform it, but she's, you know, it's, the way she's going about it is not, not the proper way, in my opinion. Are you planning on having Elaine on, or one of the uh, the founders of this particular movement, Gene? Uh, well, right now, what they are apparently trying to do is look at the what they claim to be an existing connection between Bob Bigelow and MUFON. Although officially it no longer exists, they're saying that sometimes you put up a case at MUFON's database and it's disappeared. If you get what I mean, the case disappears. Wow. And supposedly going into his investigative coffers or whatever in his repositories. So I don't know. That's an ultimate conspiracy theory. Yeah, well, you know how the ufological people are with conspiracies, you know. That sounds like a lot of conspiracy to me. I mean, sure, Bigelow was associated with MUFON at one point, at one time. Um, mostly it's because he funded, you know, the STAR project. But then there were a lot of uh, problems between Bigelow and MUFON, uh, mostly in uh, what's his name? You know the previous director. Uh, well, you're thinking about James Carrion before Cliff yeah, joined yeah, the organization. Yeah, Carrion has become more now. Carrion has become very much of a UFO skeptic. Yeah, I don't think he correct. was so much when he was with Mufon, but since then he was on the show. We had a fascinating discussion here in the Powercast, where Carrion 
told us his problems and his griping with MUFON. And then I asked right. him, and this may have precipitated something. Chris remembers this. It's in our demo reel. I asked Carrion, how do we know you're not a government disinformation agent? Mm-hmm. You remember that, Chris? <laughs> yeah, fair question. <laughs> Very fair, but after that, he kind of cut me off his email list. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't well, yeah, because Karen is always talking about the the government, you know. And, well, he's uh, I mean, he's he really had the, he had the theory. Uh, yeah, long as you know, time he ago. had the theory that that, that the, the flying saucer wave of 1947 was all like a like a basically uh, an intelligence yeah. created show to yeah, trick hu- the Soviets, which to me doesn't make any sense. Not that one, yeah, because the Soviets had a very inc- incredibly good intelligence service. They would have discovered in five minutes, you know, if they, if they were being put out by the Americans. So I don't, I, I don't buy that one. But yeah, there have been some cases where there, there has been probably some interference. I, I wouldn't rule that out for sure. Well, and there's been a lot of cases that are misidentified exotic technology that we're, uh, we've developed and, and we're going operational with, too. Yeah, well, that would be actually one reason why, they, by the, why government intelligence would want to keep an eye in case, you right, classified technology becomes exposed unwittingly to the public. Uh, I think that was always the case. It's not the only case, the only reason, but I think it's certainly it's a valid reason if you are in the government and you're guarding secret technology and these things have to fly eventually and even if they are in a secret facility, once they go up, you know, chances are that someone will see them. So that, that at least is one reason for yeah. government surveillance, let's say, of ufology. Well, how about you, Antonio? Gosh, you're one of our, our most knowledgeable historians uh, in the field. Um, there's very few people in the field that can match your, uh, your, the width and breadth of your knowledge. Uh, I know you've been kind of toying around uh, over the years that I've known you with, with some various ideas for, for books. Uh, are, are you ever going to come up with a, a, a good uh, overview, let's say, of, of medieval cases or, or Latin American cases? Um, have you, you got a book uh, idea in mind? Yeah, well, I mean, a, a few years ago, actually, I, I had, um, I even had some funding at one time from uh, you. I think you know her. You met her too, Chris, from Sandy Wright, uh, the BSW Foundation. Yeah, she was connected course. a little bit with Lawrence Rockefeller, a right. wonderful lady. She Lucy helped Bob. a lot of people in the field, right, but she kept it low-key, you know, so people didn't know her name. And uh, so we were going to do a historical book, but then... The funding ended, other things happened, so I never got around to it. And, of course, now our good old buddy, you know, Jacques Vallée did it. So and there was a good, that was, there was a great need for, for a really good, no-nonsense historical book. But, of course, it could be done differently then. Vallée basically is a, is a catalog, right, of cases. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about Wonders in the Sky, and, um, which I use all the time when I'm writing about some historical thing. Uh, yeah, the other alternative is, uh, is to do with a lot of the graphics, which, of course, his book didn't. You know, his book was mostly just, like I said, a catalog. I, I, I would like, of course, to write a book, but right now I'm so busy with the magazine deadlines, you know, that I just don't, don't have the time for, for now. But uh, I'm sure there'll be a time. Uh, probably the first book will probably just be a collection of articles because that would be easy, you know. I mean, that, that basically I can I can select the best articles and put them in by categories or whatever, and maybe do some update if necessary. That's one thing that I'll probably do sooner or later. Uh, but then uh, eventually, I probably would like to write maybe a more philosophical book. But uh, I'm not ready. And then ultimately, <laughs> would be my memoirs. 
but I think that I would probably I would like to publish it after I'm gone because <laughs> it probably would be a lot of bad things about people there <laughs> if I really told the story, you know, uncensored. He's going to tell what he thinks of me, the real truth, and I'm waiting for this. And I probably won't be around when he writes his memoirs, so I don't have to worry about it. Except from up there, you know, I'll look yeah. down and cause him all sorts of grief. Right, right. because if yeah. you're going to do the memoirs, you might as well do it, you know, fully and uncensored, you know. So, so instead of a kiss and tell book, it'll be a kick and tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. But, it, but like I say, I'm not ready for it that yet because I'm still, you know, part of the UFO community now, especially with open minds. You know? Yeah, but you, no, I mean, I would be fair. I was always you've fair. You've met I practically people that know me, Yes, you've met anybody who's anybody in the field over the years, including Heineck and and you know some of the. Yeah. You know some of the more uh, historical figures uh, that go back a ways, and uh, it'd be fa- it'd be a fascinating read. I'd uh, definitely I'd I'd get it. Maybe it could be a success. Yeah, there were many sh- things that I uh, was part of it. You know, over the years, I, I mean, when there was that big Hudson Valley flap, uh, you know, which uh, Heineck. It's probably the last time I even saw Heineck and and Peter Gersten. Um, Gene might have been in there. I, I'm not sure if because I think you were still in the in the in Jersey back back then. Do you remember that thing that Peter Gersten did in Brewster, New York? He had over a thousand people. There. Yeah, yeah. He went at on the, the Tom Snyder at the height of the Hudson Valley. Yeah. John Fuller was there. The only time I ever saw John Fuller, yeah. uh, and of course Heineck and many others. But uh, yeah, I was there. You know, so many of these things. Well, of course, the UN hearing, the United Nations hearing. I think we talked about it on the previous interview we did a couple of years ago. I was there. That was the very first UFO event I ever attended. I, I started in style, you know, but it was just a coincidence. I mean, it just as I got, I was just getting interested in the subject in my very early steps. We're just about out of time. Tell our listeners one more time where they can find more information about Open Minds magazine. Yeah, just go to openminds.tv. That's uh, very simple. And there you can find the magazine, web art, web stories, yeah. uh, YouTube Which I videos, recommend highly, anything. everybody. It's good stuff. It's, uh, it's the class of the field right now. Uh, in many ways, uh, definitely the best magazine coming out in this country right now uh, pertaining to the UFO subject. And of course, you can find us at thepowercast.com or you can send us a tweet, the Powercast on Twitter. Chris O'Brien's site, ourstrangeplanet.com, has made its debut in a brand new design. There's still some work to be done, then we'll have that webcam that Chris has been telling you about. Antonio Huneas, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Powercast. My pleasure. Great pleasure. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.